What happens when two dudes, one a retired Navy SEAL commander in Colorado Springs, and the other a hippie meditation teacher in New York City, get together to discuss living mindfully? That's a great question, because we don't know what will happen either. Raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. Now, on to the show. Hey, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness. Today, we have an excellent topic about sleep and how to get better sleep and improving your sleep habits, or maybe you don't even have habits. So you're going to learn some new habits about sleep and what's sleep and how it can help you. Uh, over there is my brother from another mother, John McCaskill. So great to be here, John. This is episode nine of season three, and I believe this is episode crazy. 50. It is. It is episode it is number for us. five zero, five which zero. Is incredible. <laughs> so uh, good to be back, John. Uh, it's been an incredible busy time for us and, and things are really growing and happening. And thank everybody for being on this ride with us. And uh, John, over to you. I think we have some announcements yeah. today. Yeah? yeah, sure do. And and as always, a pleasure to be here with you, brother, and looking forward to the show. Yeah, so announcements. Movement RX, the shirt that I'm wearing here, Movement RX, we've partnered with Teresa Larson and her team over there at Movement RX. We're bringing you actual practical use of mindfulness and movement. And then Will's going to be doing yoga in that experience. So if you have uh, if you have any uh, desire to improve your overall health and wellness, movement, uh, check out Movement RX, movement-rx.com slash MTM, and I'll put that in the links here uh, shortly in the comments. And then I also put in a, a link for our merchandise sale. We have a 17-day merchandise sale where we have shirts, um, hoodies, both. Uh, there you go, with MTM on the front and then on the back, raw, uncut, and unapologetic. That's our little slogan. We're going to go uh, for a 17-day sale, get your shirts, your hoodies. Uh, you got to go at that before September 6th, before the store temporarily closes. And I'll put the link to that in the comments too. But we're very excited to, to have merchandise for sale. That's uh, that's wild. That's the yeah. next step for us. So uh, yeah, that's that. Um, let's, let's bring up Nita and Will, if you'll do the honors of giving her bio. Nita, good yeah, to see yeah. you. Hi. Hi, Nita. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, well, Nita has an incredibly impressive resume. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Shad, Dr. Nita Shattuck is professor of the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California, with this uh, faculty appointments in Operation Research and Systems Engineers Department and uh, the Moves Institute. Dr. Shattuck um, teaches courses in human factor, human factors engineering, and human systems integration. Um, directs thesis research and pursues her research interest in human fatigue in operational settings, individual and team performance, and decision making. How awesome, right? Uh, she also received her PhD in behavioral sciences from the University of Texas uh, School of Public Health. In her work with the military, Dr. Shattuck 
has studied the effects of fatigue, sleep deprivation, thermal stress, and acceleration in various operational and laboratory environments. She has studied work and uh, reset patterns for U.S. Navy sa sailors on scores of ships, conducted over four-year four -year longitudinal studies of sleep and performance of cadets at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, New York, assessed sleep and academic performance of U.S. Navy recruits at the Recruit Training Command at, uh, at the Great Lakes, and studied the effects of delayed bedtime and wake time on performance of U.S. basic uh, U.S. Uh, basic combat trainees at Fort Leonard, uh, Fort Leonard Wood. That's M.O. That's Montana. Is that right? I think so. Missouri. Uh, Missouri. Okay, Missouri. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And Dr. Shuttuck works has uh, resulted in sweep. This is what I love about this. Her, your work has um, resulted in sweeping changes in the U.S. Navy policy that now mandates the use of circadian-based uh, watch bills and emphasize the benefits of crew rest practices, which I definitely want to talk about that as we get into this conversation. But just to mention a little few awards that uh, Dr. Nita Shadok has uh, um, received, the Department of um, a Navy Distinguished Civilian Service Award in 2018. In 2013, the, Surfy, uh, the Surface Navy, Naval Association Literary Award. 2007, the Jimmy Hamilton Award from the American Society of Naval Engineers for Best Paper, the Roland uh, Callery uh, Award of Best Papers in 2006 and seven uh, in Organizational Studies, and last, uh, the 2006 Gary Wheatley Award for Best Paper uh, from the International Command and Control Research and Technology. Nita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking, obviously, time out of your busy work that you're doing for joining us today on Men Talking Mindfulness. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah we're my pleasure. very excited to get into the show. And and uh, before we kicked off, uh, Nita and I were comparing notes. I actually went to the Naval Postgraduate School and was in the operations research department. And she was telling me how the operations research, which is a lot of data and analyzing the data, coding. I mean, it's, it's a lot of I have my undergrad in math, so that, that kind of set me up to do the operations research masters. But uh, they've partnered with the Defense Analysis Department, which is special operations, low-intensity conflict uh, tie-in. So there's a lot of SEALs and Green Berets and uh, Marines and, uh, and Air Force special operators going through those programs. And there's overlap in what they're teaching or learning about sleep and mindfulness there. So very excited to get into that part of the conversation as well. But before we do all that, Nita, we normally do a grounding practice. So hopefully you'll bear with us as we do a simple grounding practice to get the show started, to get our audience grounded. But as I always say, also to get me and Will grounded because we're always excited about these shows. So that said, uh, if you'll join us, uh, both the audience and Nita, we're going to go ahead. Don't fall asleep out there. Don't fall asleep, <laughs> don't, don't fall asleep right? <laughs> unless, unless you need to. Unless, yeah, unless you need body to, needs. it's okay. Watch and it replay. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, yeah, um, if it's safe to do so right now, obviously you don't want to do this while you're driving or any, near anything sharp or whatever. But close your eyes if you can, if it's comfortable. Otherwise, just soften your gaze and bring your attention to the way that you're sitting if you're able Try to sit up straight, but not stiff, just nice and straight. And then bring your attention to your breath. And we're just gonna do simple breath work. We're gonna do five in and outs. Nice, not, not the box breath, but just nice five in and outs. For five seconds in, 
five seconds out. Begin by breathing out all your air. Breathing in for five. And out for five, four, three, two, one. That's one. In for five. And out for five. One, two, three, four, five. That's two. In for five. And out for five. Four, three, two, one. That's three. In for five. And out for five, four, three, two, one. Last one, in for five. And out for five, four, three, two, one. And that's that, nice and simple. Go ahead and bring some movement back in your body. body. Bring your eyes open if they were closed, otherwise just refocus your gaze. And the reason I did that five and five was last episode, we had James Nestor, the author of Breath on the show. And he talked about how important slow breathing is. It's not even just, a, it's not a mindfulness practice, but just slowing your breath down and what that does for your body. And we're going to get a lot into what sleep does for your body with Nita here. Again, Nita, welcome to the show. I'd love to get into how you got into this field. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. So um, I was an undergraduate like you will, I was undergraduate biology major, so I knew uh, about circadian rhythms. When I was in grad school um, in Houston, I had a professor who was a chronobiologist. I didn't know what a chronobiologist was, but that's what he did. He was looking at biology, at temporal aspects of biology. Um, at the time, he was doing some really fascinating things, like trying to figure out what's the timing of medication, like if you're going to give a chemotherapy or cancer drugs, uh, you know, when, what's the best time? And there are times that you take medication that it's better. So anyway, that's kind of how I got into kind of being interested in, in uh, chronobiology. And then uh, I, I worked as a postdoctoral fellow for the Air Force, and they sent me off to Plattsburgh Air Force Base in upstate New York in the middle of the winter <laughs> to study the sleep patterns of Air Force pilots, the FB-111 pilots. And this was, they, they were going to give them medication to help them sleep during the day. They were going to be uh, flying long duration missions. They kept, I didn't know what this was for. As it turns out, that was the first time we bombed Muammar Gaddafi. So oh, wow time and so they kept saying what are the results how does can we give them tamazepam which was uh the restoril basically can we give you know what happens to their performance so so that's kind of how i got into into this and then lo and behold they really needed the results because they were having these people fly these very unusual uh missions very long duration missions uh with radio silence uh, so anyway, so that's kind of, I, I started out that way. And then I ended up having my babies, my two babies, 16 months apart. And so Oof. then I became a true <laughs> believer in sleep. 
<laughs> I'm, Why is I'm right that, there Nina? with you. <laughs> yeah. Before uh, that, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, sleep's really important. But yeah. then with going with all the sleep deprivation for about a three-year period, then all of a sudden I really, I went, okay, this is, this is real. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 no, I, I really enjoy, I mean, I was fascinated um, and still fascinated with this circadian rhythm, which is, I think, a great place to start because like what I like to talk to you about once we kind of understand, because some people might not know what that circadian is. Right. So sure. definitely. And, and, but then like actually to, st to talk about that work that you did with this with the Navy and actually why that came about. Right. Which was because of a big accident. Right. This circadian based uh, watch bills and right. emphasize the benefits of crew rest and practices. So so when we talk about circadian rhythms, like what like as I'm, I don't know what the hell it is, Nita. So please tell me what that means. <laughs> I mean, so I do. It's yeah. it's a Latin word circa dien, dies, and so it, it really means around a day. So it's 24 hours. That's basically, we think about the sun uh, uh, rising every 24 hours as you look at, at a, a day. Um, and if we're on the equator, that's you know 12 hours a day, 12 hours a night. But depending upon where you are latitude-wise, it's a little different in terms of the timing of the, of the light and dark uh, that we have during the day. But circadian is this, uh, regardless of where we are on the earth, we all humans have this circadian process. So many things are under the control of this, this 24 hour cycle that we all go through. I mean, it's the law. It's just how it's kind of like gravity, you know, it's there and we all have it. Plants have it. They've actually right. found out, you know, all animals have it. Um, you know, we, even down to the cellular level, um, the mitochondria have this circadian rhythm. And if you put somebody in a dark room, they still have the circadian rhythm. They still, we still see hormonal changes that are based on circadian patterns. Wow. So that's and, what and, it is. And that's what, it, you know, it is, it's a pattern, right? And, and I guess part of, I'd imagine a lot of what your research has uncovered is the more that we're in flow and in within that circadian rhythm, we actually be, stay optimal or, or stay, uh, you know, a good and, and fresh kind of human being in the sense of like how we are uh, physiologically, I guess, and that leads to our mental capacity or emotional capacity as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. You, we have to, we, we have to recognize that. I mean, if we don't, if we, if we don't abide by those principles, by that 24 hour rhythm, then all kinds of things happen. I mean, we're, much more prone to illness. You know, our immunity goes down. You can see people's mood. It's just, it's very striking differences for someone who's sleep deprived. Um, so you see all of those things, the decisions that they make, um, they, they're mo more likely to take risk. Um, there's all kinds of things that, that are associated with it. But, but we really do, uh, we really do need to, to, to honor that normal that natural cycle that we have well take us through i mean so right so i think a great example would be you know wasn't it um this circadian based watch bills right uh oh, okay. it came out of like um it was like a, a ship another ship right <laughs> and the hip shit that you know because of they were sleep deprived so like here's a great real life example of of sailors and the military not you know uh, obeying uh this natural cycle of circadian rhythm 
and there we have this massive event and therefore we came into these sweeping changes. Yeah. So take us through that, uh, that, that whole thing. Yeah, please. Yeah. So there's many examples of, of mishaps of loss of life in the military that many of them are uh, attributed at least in part to fatigue, to sleep deprivation. And one of the, the really, the striking things that, that I noticed when I started working here at the Naval Postgraduate School, I had these students who were in my classes that uh, were, were surface warfare officers. They were on Navy ships. So when I talked to them about what was going on, they said, oh, we don't get any sleep at all. And we sleep in these, these we sleep on the, uh, or we work on a schedule called a five and dime. And I said, what is that? I've never heard of that because I've been working in aviation before and aviators, pilots are much more attentive to their sleep. They know that they have to have crew rest and, but they learned those lessons, you know, decades and decades ago, those lessons were learned in blood. You know, that's that they knew if we don't get sleep, our planes crash. Well, the the Navy, the surface Navy at the time was in total denial about this. So they wow. had their people working on five hours on watch, then 10 hours off watch. So that 10 hours is not 10 hours to go sleep. You know, they're doing their normal job, normal Navy jobs. And then they go back for five hours, watch, 10 hours off watch. So this is, so when we think about what watch is in the Navy or in many parts of the military, somebody's got to be having 24 seven operations, you know, that somebody's got to be awake, paying attention. So that's standing watch. So you've got to have somebody who's working all the time. So a standing watch, but what they were doing is with this five and dime schedule, it sounds great. Oh, I work mm -hmm. five hours and I'm off for 10. That's a 15 hour day. And, and this equivalent of nine hours of jet lag every day. So it's, I mean, think about that every day, you're going to, you're going to shift to a nine hours jet lag. And then, so your sleep is always occurring at a different time of the day or night. And right. that iterates every three days. But you know, these people were just, I mean, they said, this is just, we're exhausted. I really thought they were exaggerating. I thought they can't really be doing this. But then over, well, it's been uh, next February, it'll be 20 years that I've been doing this, studying sailors on ships, studying their sleep. And um, it's gotten much better, I think, but they were doing this. They were literally, I jokingly say, if, if I had tried to go to the human use committee here and try to get permission, to do what the Navy was doing to themselves, they would have said, no, you cannot mm, wow. do that to people. Yeah. And certainly right. not for months and months on end. So, so what is the, what's the solution that then, what have, what have you gotten the Navy to do with the circadian watch bill now? So what I said was, look, so you've got to have people sleeping, working and sleeping at the same time each day because that's what our bodies get used to. You know, you've got your, your set bedtime. I need to go to bed at that time and wake up, you know, seven to eight, nine hours later, whatever your bed, your typical bedtime is, or your sleep time is, that's what your body gets used to. And it can, it can uh, take the best advantage of sleep opportunities 
when you sleep at the same time. So mm. what they were doing was just so counter to science. So I said, okay, let's let's try it. Let's 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 show you how it can work. So that's what we've done is we've said there's never enough sailors. You know, they're always working too many hours, which that's a big challenge. But at least we need counter to give them science. sleep opportunities so okay. at the same time. So that's really what we've tried to do is say this is a, a circadian-based watch bill, and we've got uh, handbooks and lectures that we provide and guidance to show them this is how you can do it better. So that's what we've done. Wow! And this was as a result. Whereas uh, there's a, you know, it's funny. It's sad. Um, not funny. It's sad that like in order for the Navy to change their operations the way that they have done things, something disastrous and lives have to be lost. You know, and this was like your now this implementation of the circadian watch bill is be a direct result because of of a massive uh, uh, event, right? Ship collision. Ship collision. So there were yeah in 2017 there were two ship collisions: the McCain, Jonathan McCain, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, Fitzgerald, I should say. McCain and Fitzgerald were the two ships. Um, but there's a lot of work had been done before that. And I would say the surface Navy was was on the cusp of making some of these decisions anyway. Then Good. that happened and that really brought a, a whole lot of attention and I think speeded up the process. I think that uh, surface forces were, were going to, they had been moving toward that, had been issuing policy and encouragement to, hey, consider circadian-based watch bills, think about a 24-hour day. But it had it wasn't mandatory. Uh, then, um, then after this happened, there was a big investigation, a comprehensive review of mishaps over the last ten years, preceding ten years, and they they looked at that and they saw that that fatigue and sleep deprivation were were major contributors to many of those mishaps. So, and and unfortunately, we still see these things happening um, today. Uh, you know, I think it's serving in the military is, is, is hard work. And, and there's, there, it seems like there's never enough people. It's dangerous. There's never enough people to go around. So, so it's a challenge, but I would say they've done a tremendous amount to address that, uh, that specific part of, of the, the circadian piece. Let's figure out how we can have people work and rest at the same time each day. So the the Navy, obviously the military, it's it's dangerous, right, not to sleep um, in, in some type of circadian rhythm and get the right amount of sleep. But there's other other people outside of the military that are also not sleeping well. They are, you know. Mothers and fathers of, of young children, they are, and the reason I bring that up first is <laughs> that's where I am at right now, uh, but there's also, you know, uh, those in corporate America who are sacrificing sleep to do more work. That's like the first thing that goes. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I don't need eight hours. I can get five hours. You see some people saying, oh, all you need is four, and, and there's some very um, prestigious business leaders that say that, which uh, I, I don't agree with. What one, what do you recommend as the optimal number of hours per, uh, uh, per night of sleep? And then two, what does a good night's sleep do for you? 
So the, the consensus is that for optimal health, now not for performance, let's, let's kind of differentiate between health and performance, just for optimal health, um, at least seven hours of sleep is what experts, sleep scientists agree, at least seven hours of sleep. There are individuals that require much more sleep and you know you may be one of those so uh that that actually to really to 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 be healthy you really need more sleep and if you if you miss out on sleep you catch colds more often whatever pick up things so um so so that's the the magic seven uh seven or more for health and then when we look at performance that's where we're talking about uh, seven to nine, eight, nine hours of sleep, we see a, a big improvement in performance, um, both physical performance, cognitive performance. Um, you, you've probably seen some of the studies that look at, at some of these elite athletes who are sleeping 10, 12 hours a day mm -hmm. and their performance goes up dramatically. So, you know, uh, uh, LeBron James, Steph Curry, all these people get, I mean, guess what? They are trying to avoid injuries and, uh, and we see that performance goes up. So, so yeah, those are kind of my answers there. Um, and I think there are very, there are rare people, rare individuals that have a genetic anomaly where they are what we call short sleepers. And there are those individuals. I mean, there's studies now that, that, you know, they follow a whole family and they can see, wow, you know, they only require whatever, four hours of sleep a night. They can't really sleep more and they're very productive. And we'd all like to be that person, <laughs> but we're right. not. And fooling ourselves into thinking that is just going to end up with, with circadian scarring. You're going to have it. You're going to injure your circadian system. Did you see some of those results come with that circadian watch bill? Did what was the shift that we're able to go back and study, you know, um, the performance uh, and the anxiety and emotional levels of those yes. of the shipment? Like, what, yes. so what was it? What was it? What happened? So oh, it, was, it was actually, I think the results. So what we did was we went out on a carrier and I'm, I'm looking at the results here to make sure I get the results exactly right as I state them to you. What awesome. we, found we, we love is, numbers. Yeah. yeah we do. So, <laughs> so what we found is that when they were working a, a circadian-based watch bill, they their reaction times were 30% faster than when wow. they were on the five and dime. And more importantly, they had fewer errors. So we were giving them a, a reaction time test uh, psychomotor vigilance task and they see a target and they have to push the button see a target push the button so but if they push the button too fast or if they totally miss the the light uh, target then those are errors so they had 40 to 50 percent uh, fewer errors when they were on the circadian based system so wow. both speed and accuracy so I mean that's really when we talk about human performance that's really what we're talking about is speed and accuracy. So both of those uh, were significantly enhanced there and their mood got better. So when they were on the five and dime, we could measure their mood. They got grouchier and grouchier. And these are on standardized 
mood scales, profile of mood state, you know, those things, you can see it. And, and you can actually, you know, when you walk on the ship, you, I'm sure the same thing at fire department, police department, whatever you walk into, whatever environment, you kind of get a feel for how people, how people are feeling. And you could see that when they were doing the circadian based watch bills, smiles and, and uh, I mean, just a, a lot happier. Uh, yeah. So, so ultimately I, yeah. It, it changed the culture even on the ship, yeah, I mean, which, which we, we've, uh, we've talked to various leaders on the show and, and culture eats strategy for breakfast is what's been said. And if wow. you are able to yeah. change the culture on a ship, yeah that's just gonna dramatically change the effectiveness, the combat effectiveness of that ship and, and its crew, it's, yeah. it's, it's wild. But I'm also curious, so we talked about their mood, so that's obviously kind of tied to their mental health, but what's happening to their physical health when they're not sleeping a regular circadian rhythm or a regular seven, eight hours of sleep? What are they doing to their bodies physically? So we see that that healing you they heal more slowly so if you have an injury you heal more slowly you're also more likely to become injured uh, have a musculoskeletal injury if you don't get sleep that was a an interesting study that uh, the army did recently they were looking at special forces and what they found is that if they slept uh, five or fewer hours compared to seven or more hours much more likely to have a uh, an injury, so a musculoskeletal injury. So all of those things are really, uh, really important. I mean, when you think about about being able to maintain your health, you need to be able to have regular workouts. You get an injury, well, that's really going to set you back. Sure. So all of those things I think are really important. And of course, I mentioned the immunity. So just the ability to fight off infection and to heal. Uh, huge differences there with sleep. That are, that are directly attributable to the amount of sleep you get. And I've I've personally found that when I get a poor night's sleep, like you mentioned, my mood is altered, but also my decision making. So I'm more likely to grab, you know, a, a Coke and a, a you know a slice of pizza when I'm <laughs> tired and I haven't slept well. Um, whereas if I've slept a good night's sleep, I'm more likely to drink water and eat a salad with you know grilled chicken so my literally my diet decisions are changed by how i'm sleeping it's it's crazy what it can do for you yeah and i mean the the well the the biological basis is these two hormones ghrelin and leptin and you probably know about those from your biology but uh when we the hunger hormones right yeah the ghrelin is like that hunger hormone right exactly you have Mm -hmm. And so when you're sleep deprived, you have excess ghrelin. So you're hungry and you crave <laughs> carbohydrates. Mm. And then you don't have enough leptin. Leptin tells you you're full. So right. we don't have breaks. You know, I crave carbs. I mean, so, so John, you know, your pizza, you're absolutely right. Your pizza, donuts, <laughs> all these decisions. I mean, and so we see excess BMI, you know, uh, people gain yeah. weight. Right. And, that's one of the things I always tell people, you know, you want to, you're trying to lose weight, get more sleep. It's a great way to, to help with that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, Will. No, go, well, uh, you know, we'll talk, let's get a little bit deeper into that, you know, sleep deprivation, right? I mean, so obviously, you know, so we're going to eat more food, maybe, 
you're right. Uh, also, we're going to make bad, you know, poor decisions. We're going to be in a shitty mood, you know, more likely with sleep deprivation. Um, but like, uh, can, you know, so say someone listening to this, this show is like, you know what, I've only been getting five hours a night, but and not going to sleep. And I think, uh, you know, part of that circadian rhythm we're talking about is also going to sleep at the same time every night. Is that, is exactly. that correct? Or within that same kind of like zone of like, whatever, 20, 30 minutes. Right. Right. Um, Right. So going to sleep at the same time every night, getting the same amount of sleep every night. Um, so what if somebody has had has an erratic sleep schedule, you know, doesn't see, you know, sleep or doesn't understand sleep as an asset like we're talking about. And instead, like going to bed at random times, but only getting like, you know, four or five hours a night of sleep and then waking up and like, you know, dosing themselves with like caffeine or other stimulants in order to stay awake and, and think that, you know, and, and stay at some sort of level of performance. Right. Um, so what if like you've been a chronic uh, sleep deprived individually individual or you've been, say, you've been working really hard for a couple of weeks and haven't been able to sleep or, you know, John has a new child, you know, River and um, uh, you know, and, and his his kind of uh, sleep is all over the place. Like, is there my my wife's is more over the place than mine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you know, is there, uh, you know, it, it, can we recover from sleep deprivation? What, like, you know, what is the, I guess the, you know, the, the the math behind that? If there is, like, you know, if I am sleep deprived for two months, it's going to take me two weeks of like really deep sleep. You know, so a, anything about yeah. sleep deprivation, please. So that's a really great question, and you know, we we've, we've tried to kind of figure out. Oh, is there some magic formula for doing that? What we see is that people that sleep deprive themselves over long periods of time with chronic sleep deprivation, it, you know, in terms of recovering, they probably, many of them have suffered from sleep disorders. You know, there's shift work, uh, sleep disorder, there's various kinds of disorders that, that we cause ourselves or, you know, our jobs cause. Um, there's there's a, another syndrome called behaviorally induced insufficient sleep syndrome. Wow. <laughs> a lot of words. This basically we do things like I, I know I know my son used to do this. He would stay up all night playing video games. So, you know, he did this to himself. So but in terms of looking at um, at what we can do and what we know how to recover from that, if that's a full blown, if you have a sleep disorder, you gotta be treated. There's treatment. I mean, you know, there, uh, there are sleep physicians, uh, board certified sleep specialists that can help with that. Um, and I think mindfulness is probably a, a really important piece of that, that perhaps doesn't get addressed as effectively by the physician, by the medical side of things. But I think there's certainly acknowledgement that that's, it's got a big role. Um, but so, so we, there's, a, there's a term called sleep banking where, oh, if I'm going to have to do something like, okay, uh, Will or John, you're going to have to stay up. You're going to have to take care of the kids. You know, you could take a nap today. If you're going to have to stay up at tonight doing something or whatever, you could take a, a nice, you know, two-hour nap today that will help you a lot if you're going to have to do something at night. So there is a there's a real thing called sleep banking that helps a little, but in terms of this chronic thing, recovery can be very hard. And I think it, um, the, 
you know, there's a lot of work that's been done that looks at what we call circadian scarring, where you have you've beat up on your circadian system to the point that your body no longer remembers how to sleep. Wow, but wow. there's some great there's some great research, there's some great work that's been done um, that with the use of light and uh, melatonin, slow release melatonin, um, those kinds of things can really help reset that circadian rhythm. But if 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 listeners think that they have a problem, please, please, you know, get some help. But I certainly think that that mindfulness and uh, a lot of the insomnia treatments can certainly uh, go a long way toward addressing these things. I know uh, when and, when I wake up. Uh, at night and my mind is racing, if I, if I don't start practicing some type of mindfulness, if I don't start focusing on my breath, if I don't do a meditation, what I find is um, quite often my mind races so much that I'm not able to get back to sleep. Um, and, and then the mindfulness and the meditation allow me to shut off all that noise that is keeping me awake and allow me to get back to sleep. That's where I've definitely seen the mindfulness and meditation help. As far as some of the, the medications, medication with a C, not meditation with a T, right. um, I, you know, I, I took Ambien for a, a long time t to sleep. But now I'm seeing and hearing study about studies where that's actually really detrimental to your health if you do that for long term. Can you speak to the effects of, of different sleep medications on our health and our ability to sleep? So um, it's alarming to me when I see how many people, how many of my students, how many people that I know that are, that are taking prescription medication for sleep. Because when we look at, at the the sleep cycles as you as you sleep you cycle in and out of various sleep stages and as you look at what happens with many of the medications that you take they will actually affect those sleep cycles those sleep stages so that's I think is the thing that really concerns me I will tell you that um, that very short-term use of those medications can certainly be indicated and but i would think anytime you're talking about long-term administration that's outside the natural body's uh, rhythm that that does something that runs counter to that you know i just i'm not a i'm i'm just not a big supporter and i've seen a lot of data that shows that the the when you actually collect the data with a polysomnogram when you go in for a sleep study in the sleep lab you know they measure all this you can see that with with these medications that the polysomnogram the PSG uh, readings are different and so I, I think you know I'm, I'm not an expert at that I've seen a lot of work that's done in that and and I think that trying to get to a more natural the body's natural way of staying in balance is a lot healthier. And that means paying attention to how much sunlight you get, all the light exposure, uh, the timing of your sleep. And as you talk about, you know, thinking about, oh, all of a sudden your mind is racing, trying, and you, you miss out on all the sleep. Now you've got, you're suffering from sleep debt. Right. So one of the things that we recommend is have a pad of paper 
So I'll find, I, I do the same thing, John, that I'll, I'll wake up and I'll go, oh my gosh, I've got this and this and this tomorrow. Right. I, I've got thesis, I've got to edit, and I've got this, what am I going to forget tomorrow? So if you have a pad of paper beside your bed, before you go to bed, just jot down, okay, here's things I need to think about, you know, I'll, I'll need to worry about in the morning. Mm. But it's amazing, while you're sleeping, your brain works on some of those things. <laughs> wow. It is, yeah. it is, it is re truly, truly amazing the work that happens while you're sleeping. So that your brain, that you're not even aware of, often I'll be trying to solve some problem, you know, in my head uh, during the day, and I'll think about it right before I go to bed, I'll write it down, and I wake up the next morning and my students tease me, my husband teases me, I'll say, hey, guess what? Last night I dreamt, I dreamt about, and I tell them the solution, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I'll just come out and go, guess what? Last night, and then my students kind of roll their eyes like, oh no, now what's she gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw this uh, study uh, about sleep and about how our mind during the sleep process yeah. and, and and also I want to go I mean I'm going to talk about this and then I want to go into what that sleep cycle is like what that seven eight hours looks like from like the first couple hours into whatever and the different levels of sleep I think is really important because you talked about these drugs and when we wake up with anxiety or thought like we disrupt those patterns of sleep which you know which doesn't get us doesn't allow us to have that deeper healing of our body or these yeah, these mental like constructs kind of fusing together for the solutions that you're talking about. You know, but I've, I've watched this, uh, some documentary out there where they're talking about sleep and um, this one uh, musical student was playing the piano and he had like, you know, maybe three days before his final playing this one particular very, I think it's a Rachmaninoff piece of music. And, um, you know, he was practicing and practicing and practicing and um, they kind of showed him, you know, his ability of like kind of pulling an all nighter and then putting forth the test versus right practicing getting your proper sleep and performing the next day and it was like night and day like he was like the, that again that ability in our sleep which i you know which I, I still think is is uh very unknown like how all this kind of works together you know but we're able to even in sleep we're not actually doing that activity but our mind is working and and doing something with that activity that actually brings forth a better performance the next morning which is phenomenal right so it's that's incredible. another reason why sleep is so important right it's so right. incredibly important so sleep. with motor skill i mean it's well known you have to you have to sleep you have to get sleep to remember it i mean to and the sleep practice you're actually when you look at the brain the sleeping brain it is rehearsing those same motor activities even though you're not moving you know, whether you're learning to ski or learning to whatever motor skill you're learning, you uh, the the brain is rehearsing that. And uh, uh, as you talk about musicians, the same kind of thing. Uh, it's well known that you know sleep actually helps them incorporate those memories. They're able to pull those out and perform. So some really interesting studies looking at that. Yeah. Well, then, and then take us through like so. If we're looking to see, you know, as adults, right, um, uh, sleep seven, eight hours a night, or nine hours a night. So take us through that sleep cycle. Like what's happening in the first couple hours of sleep, and then into the next, like you know, um, you know, four or six hours that come after that. So, um, so we sleep in these cycles that go 
up, we, we cycle through these different sleep stages. We think about sleep as being what we call REM sleep, rapid eye movement, REM sleep, and non-REM sleep. And depending upon who you talk to, there's either three or four stages of non-REM sleep. Um, but regardless, what we know is that there are, there are, in the first half of an eight hour sleep period, you'll probably cycle through two 90 minute to two hour sleep cycles. You'll go through, cycle all up and down these, these, these sleep stages. But most of the deep sleep are really deep sleep the, the non-REM, uh, the, the sleep where we're actually, sorry, there's a plane flying over right now. Oh, good. Oh, good. All right. Um, most of the, the, that deep sleep occurs in the first four hours of that eight hour sleep period. So you get a whole lot of that occurring there. That's where almost all the, the human growth hormone is released. So lots of healing occurring. So I think about kind of the first half of the night as being physical healing, and then a whole lot of memory consolidation and memory pruning. So something bad happens to you, something you know traumatic. Yeah, someone um, talks about trauma in the feed here. You know, discussing the impact of trauma and sleep and rest and hacking. Oh it, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So so you got to get that that sleep that occurs in the latter half. So you need that eight hours because in the latter part of the, that sleep, the night sleep is where a whole lot of psychological healing occurs. So we have both memory consolidation. You're kind of making sense of things. A lot of dreams are occurring. And one of the things that happens is pruning of memory. So, so things that seem really, really bad, if you get a good night's sleep, often those are that gets um it gets moderated i mean it's not as it's this the memory's not as strong um it's it's kind of an interesting thing because on the one hand you say oh you gotta have good sleep to be able to remember true but you also need to be able to prune memories as well so that's part of the thing that happens while we're sleeping so i think about the first half of the night as being uh, physical healing, the second half is being psychological healing. But all of these stages, you know, when you when you deprive someone of, of a single stage of sleep, like every time somebody goes into REM sleep, I awaken them, I'm watching their sleep. Then what happens when you allow them to go to sleep, they go right into REM sleep. So the body knows, oh, I'm missing, it knows what it's missing wow. and it drives into that. So it, it's like, okay, there's a, there's a gap there. I gotta, I gotta fill that. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting phenomenon, but I mean, it's just, it's, we, we have this amazing self-riding body that wants to tell us, wants, wants us to do these things and wants to heal. We just have to give it the opportunity and, and not, uh not fight against our body i think one thing that's important is uh, sorry john is um, good you know like uh you know instead of putting in this like oh well if i just put a couple more hours of work in and i'll cut into my sleep you know i'm going to you know push the football further down and create more success in my life where it's like exactly the opposite it's like get your goddamn rest you know exactly. what i mean like sleep trust the sleep process Right. Yes. And then show up the next day and, you know, it might be very helpful as well. And I've done this and I, um, 
you know, you're talking about writing things down at night or before you go to bed, you know, just even that act of simply taking the thought out of your head, putting it on the paper, yes. right? And then going and putting it on your nightstand and then going to bed next morning, it's like oh, fresh ideas. You know, I'd sleep with less anxiety or less stress about the next day because I already know what I need to do the next day. I mean, it's exactly. just like, that's another way that I've felt a great deeper sense of sleep and peace within my sleep and within myself by just organizing my day the night before so I can sleep more restfully and more stress-free. That's you're absolutely right. And you see uh, creativity is higher when you get sleep. And I think that was, you mentioned the, the culture. Um, yeah. So when I first started doing all this, I had, I mean, it's primarily males. And so uh, lots of pushback and we don't need sleep, sleep for the week. <laughs> I'll sleep when I'm dead. Hey, yeah, exactly. When sleep when you're old, sleep when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're sure you're not sleeping. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So, so what I did was I realized that the message wasn't getting through. So what I did was I turned it around and I said, okay, do you want to be stronger? Do you want to be more virile? Uh, <laughs> do you want to have, I mean, you look at all this stuff, you look at testosterone levels. I mean, it's just compelling. Yep. It's, you know, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's just it's so amazing. But that's that's kind of the when we turn the message around, we said, okay, do you want? And so rather than wearing the sleep like sleep debt like a badge of honor, oh, I was up uh, twenty four yeah. hours, I was up twenty two. You know, everybody yeah. kind of one upping each other, kind of the macho thing. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm taking. I am. I am doing better work. I am, uh, I'm stronger, I'm healthier, I'm taking care of my shipmates, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. So, so that's, I, and I think that that finally has, has, we've seen some real shifts in the culture. And I think that's what we have to, we have to do for ourselves is say, okay, really the smart person is getting the sleep and taking care of themselves that's a whole lot smarter than staying up and and then making some foolish errors that now I have to go back and there's more work to be done. I tell my thesis students this when they're writing and doing analysis all the time. I'm like, you got to get to bed, you know, work until one, two in the morning. You're not going to do good work. It's not your best work. And there'll be you'll make mistakes that then you have to go back and correct. And and changing that narrative around sleep we've found that the same applies with mindfulness and meditation is that when somebody talks about mindfulness and meditation, everybody's like, Oh, that's woo woo. Or that's a, a quote unquote <laughs> feminine practice. And when, when men or masculine energy personnel, they, they hear that they are like, Oh, well that's for the week. Um, yeah. but you know what, what and, and I was one of those <laughs> that believed that. And then the, the <laughs> counselor who recommended it to me, said, well, what if I had something that would improve your performance, both physically and mentally, and would improve your your fulfillment, your your feeling of fulfillment, both at work and at home, and uh, and would, like like you talked about, increase some of your, your hormones that you need, testosterone being one of them, which is um, uh, very low among some of the older special operators because they're not sleeping. And it's not because they're working, working, working so hard. I mean, they are, don't get me wrong. I was, again, one of them. 
but it's because their sleep cycles are so off that all, all their hormones are thrown off. But if we can change the narrative and say, hey, if you sleep better, you're going to feel better, but you're also going to perform better. If you meditate and you live mindfully, you're going to feel better, but you're also going to perform better. And that's right. uh, that's how we that's how we need to yeah. sell things like this. Um, I, I want to ask you, Nita. We talked about the sleep cycles and the different phases that you can be in throughout the evening. What about leading up to sleep? I know sleep hygiene and what you do preparing yeah. to go to sleep. Rituals, should we be? Yeah. Is, should yeah? Is there a ritual that we should have to prepare our minds and bodies to sleep? Yeah, and I'll also add add on that uh, food. Like, yeah. what about food? So, so, yeah, I just want to go because we're coming up against time. So, sorry to jump okay. in there. But, yeah, so ritual, please go for it. So, <laughs> so, we always talk about the environment. It needs to be cool. So, we recommend 62 to 65 degrees, which is yeah. cool for a lot of people. Yeah. A Cold cool room. environment, dark. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we actually give our people little eye masks. So we send out warfighter sleep kits uh, wow. that uh, we send out to ships to, you know, say, hey, uh, so it needs to be quiet, dark, cool. And one of the things that we find in, in, on the ships is it needs, we need, people need to take showers because if it's smelly, guess what? That <laughs> interferes with your sleep. Of wow. course, you know, there's always the joke about Taco Tuesday and all that kind of thing. But, <laughs> uh, you know, smells can really interfere with sleep. So those are, you know, sometimes you 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 uh, you can't there's always there's noise. So you could use white noise or fan, something like that. We Good also course. recommend that in terms of food that you don't eat too close to your to your major sleep episode, um, because that can, you know, uh, going to sleep after a big meal, it can, you can get gastro, you know, intestinal upset, GERD, gastroesophageal reflux kinds of things. Um, uh, those are those are things that I think are are really important. So you don't want to eat greasy food before bed. Again, um, we just see that you just sleep better if you haven't had a big meal. And alcohol also is yeah. is a big factor. It really changes that beautiful, what we call a sleep architecture. It gets messed up when you drink a lot. It makes you go to sleep, but then you have to get up and go pee. Right. And, you know, there's there's all this stuff and it dehydrates you and you end up with a headache. Anyway, lots of reasons for that. So, well, uh, that answer uh, yeah. that? Yeah, it does. Sure allow, like, but also uh, taking going a little bit deeper into a sleep ritual and tell me like kind of true or false. It's like I've read and I've studied um, that uh, actually preparing your body, you know, to go to sleep. So like a couple hours or 90 minutes or an hour before you go to bed, yep. you're like putting on your pajamas, you're taking that shower, yep. you're you're doing something to to kind of begin to step your body into sleep. So that's getting just, off our phones. Know, Right, getting yes. off our phones, digital so, detoxing. So what about so that? We, yeah, so we come into our homes now. We've got all these bright LED lights. And, oh, guess what? We're supposed to be getting ready. We're going to be going to bed in another two, three, four hours, however long. you got to start preparing. So um, mm. we have all our lights are on dimmers. And so we, we dim the lights. We don't put all the bright lights on. My husband... Uh, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to turn the lights down. So we do that. I mean, you're really preparing. Think about 
oh, you're preparing for for a romantic evening. Guess what? You <laughs> down, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, and you know, you're clean, and all of these things that that um, I think you know, a ritual of whether you like to read or listen to quiet music or mm. you know, um, t getting your technology out of the bedroom, no yeah. television, you know, leave those yeah. devices, certainly turn them off so they're not gonna beep in the middle of the night and tell you got a text message, you know, all that <laughs> right. kind of thing. Those things are, are really, really critical. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a big airplane mode. I mean, I don't have any children yet, so like airplane mode and, you know, I don't let my phone, and my phone also with, my phone is outside of my, right. of my room. I don't yep. try, and I try, like I've eliminated over the last couple of years, like, no, I'm not streaming anything, you know, watching a movie or Netflix or something like that at night because um, the blue light affects my melatonin levels. Also, yes. one thing I, I got years ago, and it was expensive, but uh, they have light bulbs that cut out uh, the, I guess, the, some of the, the blue, blue light, light that's within. Yeah. So it's actually, so even with the light on in the bedroom, you're not receiving the blue light, which is messing with your melatonin levels, which is you know, preventing you from getting into that deeper sleep or, or, or keeping you awake, um, exactly. you know, until, until you turn off the lights. So that's something to do as well. Um, uh, wow, great information with, yeah. with, uh, Netflix will, well, first off, Nita, I, I don't know what your time looks like. Are you able to go for a little bit longer? I am. Okay. Fantastic. Well, cause this conversation is fascinating, but, but, uh, with Netflix, um, I heard Netflix say one time, well, I saw it in an article that I read Netflix's biggest challenger is not another streaming device or another streaming service. It's sleep. Yeah. That's their biggest challenge. Literally. That's their enemy. They say that's their enemy. Right. Yeah. Enemy is sleep. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that yep. is like, yeah, that's really sad. And, uh, that's just yeah, they talk about greed. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I've also heard someone it, actually, I, I have a sleep number bed and the app tells me tips in the morning about how to get better sleep. And it says, you know, don't stay up late streaming anything. Don't stay up late doing anything that you wouldn't wake up early for. Exactly. And when I think about it that way, I'm like, would I wake up early to watch this show? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> so I go to sleep because uh, that's right. that decision making in the morning at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. is completely different than it is at yeah. night. You know, at 10, 11 p.m., I'm like, oh, I can watch another episode of Ozark or whatever. And, uh, and yeah. then, and then the next morning I'm like, Oh, I really wish I had not watched that extra episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th yeah, you know, that, that definitely eats into your sleep. It eats into the, the quality of sleep too. And that's, uh, yeah. interestingly enough, Nita, we had, uh, James Nestor, author of breath on, uh, earlier this week. And one of the things that we talked about was the ability to get into that deep sleep and what, what, um, snoring and sleep apnea, how that prevents us from getting into that. And we, Will and I are now mouth tapers. We tape our mouths <laughs> shut so that we can, uh, so that we sleep better. And that- We breathe uh, through our nose. Breathe through our nose. So we breathe, breathe through, through, through our, our nose. nose. Yeah. I, don't, yep. I don't snore anymore. My wife doesn't wake me up for snoring. And funny enough, that allows me to get into that deep sleep, which allows for the release of vasopressin, which mm -hmm allows me to not have to get up to go to, to the restroom, which then uh, uh, keeps my mind from racing uh, in the middle of the night. It's it's wild what you can do to hack sleep. That all said, um, we did have some questions in the in the comments over here about trauma. 
and what you know post-traumatic stress, uh, maybe maybe uh, veterans, maybe first responders, uh, uh, sexual assault survivors, those who have had trauma in their lives, how that affects their sleep, and then how they may be able to change that. Can you speak to that at all? So um, that's such a such a hard question, such a hard hard issue, because you know once you that cycle starts it's so hard to to break it and uh, many of you many people uh, that have experienced that know that you know they want to sleep they want to be able to sleep so i think um you know there's that's where you really have to have i think professional help when yeah. you're when you're talking about that um you know, if there was an easy hack, it would have been done. There's sure. a lot of programs out there, cognitive-based therapy for insomnia, yeah. uh, the mindfulness-based uh, stress reduction. Therapy. We're seeing a lot of psychedelic research too. I mean, that's yes. a good way yeah. to kind of reset. You know, that's so we can really get sleep. Exciting. You know, it's really making it. Yeah, we're. I mean, that, we're having um, um, Heroic Hearts project coming on. Uh, Jesse Gold and uh, Juliana. I can't remember Julian Mercer coming on the show to talk about you know, how psychedelics are helping with trauma and PTSD and TBI and stuff like and that. Be able and able to think, work through those things. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, it might, you know, it sounds like, I mean, what you're saying, Nita, it's like, you know, trauma and stress, it's like, yes, sleep is very important, but it's not necessarily might heal all of your traumatic experiences, yeah. but something like, you know, cognitive-based therapy uh, or uh, going down a guided, um, you know, psychedelic route, um, to to kind of release and distance yourself and begin to reincorporate uh, and reframe maybe um, some of those traumatic experiences and then using sleep it seems like as a means to kind of heal the body and the mind and and everything else on a deeper level. Right. Yeah. I yeah. I think you're right. I think um, I think once the injury has occurred, I think you know that's that's really trying to figure out from a professional level, how do we, how do I address whatever may be going on? And often there's, yeah. you know, it's, there, there are deep injuries that, that require more than just, oh, get a good night's sleep, do these things yeah. to get. So, right. Yeah. Uh, what about, oh, someone actually mentioned about uh, reading at night, you know, so this one woman just said, it's like, oh, well, I read on my phone, I won't do that anymore. But I've also heard um, it's what you read too. Like actually, uh, if you're reading nonfiction, so reading, you know, if I'm reading James Nestor's book or, uh, at nighttime, like my body, my mind is still processing information because it's like, it's thinking, it's kind of more in the thinking mind instead of some reading nonfiction where I'm reading, uh, using my imagination, which mm -hmm. I heard is actually better. Do you know anything about that? Um, so, is that so what we know about, about it, when you're reading, you're exposed to light. So, uh, light any light but especially blue light suppresses the onset of melatonin so it will delay your sleep so if i you know i'm sitting there reading something at night um i won't go to i won't fall asleep as quickly so i miss out on those however many minutes of sleep that that it, it is it will delay me so there's that issue um but i think there's in terms of like if i'm listening to a book like a book on tape or you know audible or something like that i don't think there's that kind of issue but i think um anytime you have something that's very arousing like you're gonna 
watch something, you know, one of the news media programs or, or something, you know, debating this or that, that's going to, that's going to, you'll see cortisol, you'll see, you know, elevations of yeah, arousal. Yeah. Uh, you can see uh, stress levels coming up and all of those things are going to degrade your sleep. It's just right. going to make it harder to fall asleep. And when we think about sleep, we think about both the quantity of sleep, like how long do you sleep, the quality of the sleep. So, you know, going through all those sleep cycles and then the timing of the sleep. So that's kind of how we look at sleep. We want to, you want to, if you start reading something and it's really good, your novel that you're reading or, or whatever, it, it could be that you stay awake for much longer than you normally would. And John, I love your example of, okay, would I wake up early in the morning to do this? Because that's what you're doing. You're cutting yourself off from sleep. You're sacrificing sleep. So would I really make that decision to wake up earlier to do this? And if you would, then it's worth it. Otherwise, yeah, it's a good it's idea. Not a good idea. Right. So. Yeah. What about breathing and um, uh, you know and getting a better night's sleep, or 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 if you wake up in the middle of the night and and you, and you take that pee, you know, can breathing help you kind of get back right into that REM sleep, or 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 any kind of science out there that's you know tying those things together? So I know a lot of the insomnia treatments do that and incorporate breathing techniques. I I will tell you, I am just a great sleeper. I, <laughs> You're I, lucky. I am. Got yourself I'm in the back very, there, Nita. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a very I'm very attentive to my sleep, so I try never to to uh, to have major disruptions in it because I just I know how. I know how important it is. And for people who, who do struggle with it, I think, you know, my, my strong encouragement is, is, you know, try these, the simple techniques. If those don't work, get some help, you know, really. Uh, I mean, there's great stuff. I mean, whether you're talking about uh, bright light treatment in the morning, especially as we, if you're living in a, a, a extreme latitudes where, you know, you have long uh, summer days and long winter nights, you know, that light can really help keep that circadian rhythm stabilized. And then uh, when you, uh, when you uh, pay attention to your schedule, then what you see that happens is, is, you know, that drive to fall asleep, it's there. You're ready to fall asleep. Your head hits the pillow. Within, you know, five minutes, you're asleep and you get a good night's sleep. The one thing I would say is sometimes people wake up after one of those those 90 minute to two hour sleep cycles. They kind of start you start to come out of the deep sleep and and they get nervous. They'll go, oh, oh, no, I'm going to wake up. Oh, I'm waking up and then I won't be able to go to sleep. And they kind of <laughs> talk themselves into a problem. But, mm. you know, I when I show people the 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 diagram and say, see, this is what happens. You go up and down and, you know. Then you'll go back down into sleep again. So they kind of give themselves permission. It's okay. Yeah, I, I, I rolled over a couple hours of sleep. I rolled over and kind of started to awaken, but it's okay. That's normal. And then I go back to sleep, fall back into sleep. And um, a lot of times, you know, they'll go, oh, no, I woke up. So, so I just got out of bed. So yeah. uh, but that's something I think kind of understanding the natural rhythm of that eight hour sleep period is, is important for people too. 
I, I get it. I do that, Nita. Um, in in that, I if I if I wake up in the middle of the night, um, I'm really guilty of checking my watch. First thing, <laughs> I I will be like, okay, what time is it? Oh, it's two. Oh, that means I have three, three and a half, four hours uh, of sleep. Yeah. And and then as soon as I've told myself that, then I have like an anxiety. I'm like, okay, I need to get to sleep within what another ha- half. And what if I can't? And then what I do is I just lay there. And and that's when the, the mindfulness yeah. is huge for me. If I don't yeah. practice, if I don't lay there and do some type of breathing and decrease that, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe watch or time anxiety, if I'm not able to do that, the rest of the night is, is shot sure. uh, completely. Um, so that's that's interesting to hear that people can actually have an anxiety as they come out of that sleep in and of mm. it, uh, itself. So it's, it's pretty wild. Um, so what are what are some of the um, new studies or new sciences that you're excited about, Nita, as, as we do start to come to an end of the show? What, what are some of the things that you're working on or just new studies, research that you've heard about? I'd uh, love to hear about that. So um, I think the, the work that we're doing right now, we're actually looking at light, using light to shift circadian rhythm. So for pilots, we just finished a study in the lab. We're looking at aviators that are having to transition from days to nights. They're flying day flights. Now you got to fly night flights. There was a recent mishap, a uh, tragic mishap, six Marines lost uh, in a mid-air collision. And they had transitioned very quickly from days to nights. Mm. So what we're doing is looking at how can we use bright light and by bright light, we're talking about about a thousand lux. So the sun would be ten thousand lux. So not that bright, but still bright light with uh, blue enriched bl- uh, white light. And we give them bright light at their typical bedtime, and then we can shift their circadian rhythm. We can delay it so uh, so that they will be able to to fly safely at night. Wow. So light and all this light intervention especially for shift workers i think is really important and that's something that we're working on here i'm real excited about the 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 work that's going on with that um we're also doing um doing some work where we're looking at how do we help people awaken if there's an emergency so i think about on a ship or you know something happens and now i've got to wake up very quickly we experience what's called sleep inertia, where you you awaken from that deep stages of sleep, and it's like your brain is in molasses. You can't think, you can't talk, you can't make good decisions. So we're actually we we're working with uh, two other groups on this on sleep inertia. Um, there's a study that I'm doing with NASA up up here. Um, and NASA Ames up here, just up the road, and with University of South Australia, where we're looking at how do we help people awaken? So like a a commanding officer on a ship, uh, the alarm goes off, you gotta awaken quickly, and I gotta be on top of things. So how do I do that? So we're using bright light, again, the light therapy. Uh, We're using bright light, and we're also experimenting with some uh, smells some really strong, not like smelling salts, but but uh, something that's much less uh, noxious, more pleasant. <laughs> uh, 
um, that were like using peppermint or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we tried peppermint. Actually, yeah. that was a NASA study that we used peppermint. It helped a little, but now we've got another one that that is uh, very uh, spicy. I wanted to use wasabi because I <laughs> wasabi mist was really good, but then I found out that it actually causes lung damage to Ooh, breathe in oh. wasabi mist. So I'm like, okay, we're not yeah, doing that. Not that one. <laughs> but so we're doing some work with that to try to help, and I think that could have uh, long term. You know, if we could, if we can get something like that, you think about somebody who's driving down the road and they find themselves very sleepy. Um, we could use that, you know, they could basically spray this and help them stay awake. So there's a proprietary scent that Mary Carskadden's group out at Brown University and Dr. Eliza Van Rain at Circadian Positioning Systems. They've got this proprietary scent and we're trying that out. Oh, wow. So that's wow. a really cool thing that, I think that we're, we're doing. So trying to use the, the smell to our advantage. Um, so, and I think the other thing, there's a lot of work, really exciting work, looking at individual differences in vulnerability to sleep loss. So, oh, wow. can, yeah, different people, some people are just, they, they can't deal with, with uh, sleep loss. So, and other people seem to be more, uh, more resilient, more resistant to that. So, so there's a lot of work that's going on in that. And I can't wait to see, you know, the, the things that come out uh, in the next couple of years and then It'll be interesting wow. in that vulnerability to sleep loss. You just said, you know, some people can handle it, some people don't. It'll also be interesting to see how certain people throughout their lives, at different stages in their lives, handle that that loss of sleep differently. I'm curious yeah. what that'll show. So that's that's super yeah. exciting. I uh, love yeah. all of this and uh, very very informative, and I hope hopeful. I hope helpful rather <laughs> for our audience. Um, in that they're going to get better sleep after watching or listening to this. Um, if if people did have questions for you, Nita, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you so that they, they can ask those questions directly? So uh, at the Naval Postgraduate School, um, probably my email is probably the best way to do it. But if anybody's interested in seeing the work that we're doing, they can just Google NPS crew endurance and that'll get, there's a uh, more information. There's a link there that they can they can reach out to the team if they want to do that. Um, and then um, my email as well, just nlchatu s h a t t u at nps.edu. Great. Yeah. We'll make sure all that is in the show notes for our listeners yeah. and watchers later. So sure. thank you so much, Nita and Will. Over to you, brother. Um, yeah, Nita. This is I. I God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, I, I think you can see that John and I are both sleep nerds, and I know you are yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, thank you for answering all our questions. And I think uh, I think we got a lot out for our listeners and for our audience. And, and, and I think we really need to drive home. Like, this sleep is – what's that sign you have, Anita, you showed before pre-show? What's that sign? Let's see it. It's all right? about sleep. It's all about it, sleep, right? It really is. Sleep. I mean, it, it's like it, it should be right. One third of our life, right? It one is. third of our life should be sleeping, and I think. If, and if you're not getting that one third of your life being at sleep, then that you not being restful is messing up with your mood, with your performance, and your relationships at home, at work, um, and relationship to yourself as well. 
And if you really want to go for it and really be a high performer and really want to pursue that dream, then you have to hit those those seven, eight, nine hours of sleep every night in order to um, really perform at your best and 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 have like and have our body at, at performing and at, at its best and our mind performing at its best and us being able to you know have emotional control as well when we have more sleep. So um, this has been wonderful, Nita, and uh, thanks so much for, for coming on today. Uh, we're going to finish with a little grounding practice. We'll do a simple, simple box breath, you know, which is a great um, sleeping or breath exercise to help you get to sleep. Um, someone kind of one of our listeners mentioned that. So what you're going to do, uh, it's great to do this breathing technique at uh, like five, seven, ten, or even longer if you need to, if you're really uh, very jazzed up from a day at work or something like that or super stressed out about something. Um, so again, find that seat or uh, you can do this even driving. Uh, with your eyes open, uh, but close the eyes if, if that's available to you and you're safe and your environment able to do that. And let's just start with a nice little exhale and try to push all the breath out through your nose, all the way out, 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 right? We're going to take a big inhale in for five, four, three, two, one. Let's hold that breath, right? Nice and easy in the soft in the face and your jaw for five, four, three, two, one. One and exhale out slowly through the nose for five, four. And then hold empty of any breath for five. And let's repeat this two more rounds for the sake of time. We're only gonna normally, like I said, go five or seven, but let's inhale for five. Holding that breath for five. Exhaling easy five. And even like as you exhale, just kind of drop deeper into this moment, feel your sit bones or whatever you're doing, your feet ground deeper in the floor and then it'll empty for five. And here we go. Last round. Inhale for five. Holding five again. And exhale five, four. Three, smoothly out, smoothly, smoothly empty, completely an empty five. Good, and just take one normal breath in. Good, and exhale, let that go out. Awesome, and normally, like I said, open your eyes and you're ready. You can do that like, again, five, seven, 10 rounds. You can even take up the breath count to like seven seconds or 10 seconds for each side of that box. Um, well, actually, John, I think we'll, we'll actually, I know we have videos on box breathing. We'll add that to our resource yeah. page as well, as well, eventually, so people can practice it and really get to know it. Um, sure. Nita, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and then putting your life's work into understanding sleep and helping our audience and uh, John and I as well, understanding how important sleep is and how to get better sleep. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. You guys get a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you as well. Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.